Listener, not every disaster is natural, and not every unnatural disaster is major. Today's episode is going to cover a less major unnatural disaster. It's going to cover a disaster recorded live on Facebook Live. Strap in, because what you're going to hear is haunting. It's 2.20 a.m. in Houston, Texas. Three people are in a vehicle. Parked outside of a gas station are Devin Holmes, Cassandra Damper, and Cadillac Coleman. They're streaming on Facebook Live. What's up, nigga? Me? Supposed to have a silly clip. Ready to let that hole up. Scoot in when I scoot in. We all gotta see. Hey, 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 hey. I'm in my bed. Why you do all that motherfucking lying, dog? Lying ass. Like you used to pull up. Lying ass hoe. When a gun is pulled out, it's clear that Devin isn't comfortable with it being out. He can be heard saying, You're making me nervous. Cadillac Coleman responds, It ain't got no clip, bud. You see what we doing the lying ass hoes? Hey, man. We draw down. You're making me nervous. We draw down on them hoes. She ain't got no clip, bud. Shortly after, those watching Facebook Live learn that Devin was right to be nervous when the gun is pointed at him and... Say so, so bitch. Oh. Oh my In the footage, we see that Devin is shot immediately leans back, making gasping sounds. Blood can be seen pouring from his head. Cadillac Coleman and Cassandra Damper flee the vehicle, leaving Devin dying inside. Cassandra takes time to wipe the gunshot residue off her hands. When police arrive, Cassandra tells police that Devin shot himself. Houston police initially post on Twitter, Shooting Investigation 5200 Almeida, male shot himself in head, transported to Ben Taub. But not long after, police are informed about the Facebook Live recording now gone viral. They then update Twitter with a post stating, Update, we are aware of the video circulating on social media. The woman in the video has been charged with tampering, fabricating evidence. Harris County DAO will refer the case to a grand jury for determination of other possible charges. What you're going to hear is raw audio of a hero. I was at an event and uh, I started seeing people run towards a vehicle in the gas station parking lot. 
uh, a lot of the people started running away and some people started running towards it. So I started asking people, um, you know, what's going on, what's going on? And people were telling me he's shot, and he's dead. And uh, just some type of emotion came upon me. And I walked over there and, and checked out and sure enough, he was laying in the car, slumped over. So I just went to what I normally do to start checking for pulses, checking for pulses. And I couldn't feel anything. So I was asking people, like, help me get him out the car, help me get him out the car. And um, people were just still walking away. I think people were just in shock. So a guy named Stephen Boone, uh, he said, I got you. I pulled him out the car and my best friend were on the side of me. And um, I just pulled him out and just started doing chest compressions. And uh, I mean, probably the hardest chest compressions I've ever done in my life. And like I said, I didn't know the guy. And uh, after we got a pulse back, I just called OEC and just gave him an accurate detail, account of what happened and was just praying that somebody could come. I was just waiting to hear the sirens, just waiting, just praying to hear a siren. So that's about it. Yeah, uh, a captain told me it was uh, duty, not courage. And uh, I think that's what we're trained to do as firemen, police officers or whatever. I mean, I, I think that's what we do. When we see a bad situation, we just go and try to make it better. It was weird because normally when you, when you make calls like this, you have a crew and you have people that you can bounce ideas off of and you have a captain that's taking control of a scene. But at this point, I was just alone and it, it was a hard, hard decision for me to make if I actually wanted to take this. But I guess God just came down and just said, hey, do what you have to do. Well, so I couldn't find a pulse, check for a carotid pulse, check for another pulse, couldn't find it. So I had to make a decision if I wanted to pull him out and actually start doing chest compressions. So after he pulled him out, I just got on my knees and just started pressing on his chest, just going over the metronome sound in my head, just making sure that I was on beat and doing what I was supposed to do. And then I felt a chest rise and I was kind of confused. I, I thought that I didn't do my assessment correctly because normally CPR doesn't work like that. And uh, I heard him make a, make a grunting sound and it was like a very distinguished sound and it kind of bothered me. But then I checked for a pulse again and he had one and he was breathing, but he was still unconscious. And when he started, when I felt the chest rise up, I just kind of got shocked and I, and I just stopped and checked for a pulse again and, and sure enough his heart was pumping. I mean, like, a, like I said, like a marathon runner, and it was amazing. I got on the ambulance and pulled a stretcher off and started gathering things that I knew they would need. And uh, eventually the captain came over and said, hey man, we got it from here. And uh, it was the... to hear that because that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to go. I wanted to continue helping. But I had to listen to the captain because he's a captain. But I appreciate him. Right? But so I didn't actually get the ride. So I actually got off and just stayed around for the police to give them a detailed explanation of what happened. I'm sorry. It's just kind of rough talking about it.
I mean, at work, of course. I mean, it's the nature of the job. But off duty, I've, I've never seen anything like this. Never. But I wanted to. I really wanted to make a difference. How about that? So I tried, and we prevailed. And I heard he's breathing on his own right now. And it's, it's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling. I just thank the city for giving me the training that I needed to do what I needed to do. We were sitting stage waiting on HPD to show up on a, a motor vehicle accident. And uh, I got a phone call from an unknown number, and I answered it. And a friend of mine was like, hey, man, I, I know the family. They said he's breathing on his own, and, and uh, he's responding and moving to, to commands. And I just broke down on scene, and my crew was right there to help me out. But I'm, I'm sure they understood. You know, it was, it was a, a very real situation. And uh, though I didn't know him, I wanted to intervene. Then also, I know the young lady that was actually in the car with him that actually did it. And I, I actually know her personally. And, and, you know, I know she's a good person. I know it was an accident. And, you know, people are talking very bad about her and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I know that's not her. But from a family perspective, if I didn't know her also, I probably would feel the same way. But my emotions are just everywhere with this because I, I know deep down inside she, she's the little girl. Listener, sometimes I get down. I suffer with depression and anxiety, and it can affect my life. It can make it hard to wake up in the morning and get started on the podcast. So sometimes life gets a little easier if I speak to a therapist. When I first wanted to speak to someone, I didn't know how to start. Talkspace made it easy for me. So if you think seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist would be helpful, but you didn't have the time to actually find one and meet them or afford them, try Talkspace by doing everything online. Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and affordable. Sometimes people wait until something bad happens to talk to a therapist. So, why wait? You can get a therapist through Talkspace. And therapy can help you shift your perspective, find tools to cope with difficult times, and be a guiding light. Getting started is an important part. Talkspace makes it easy and affordable. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get personalized match with a provider that's right for you typically within 48 hours. It's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions with your licensed therapist from the comfort of your own home. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend session. It's mental health care made easy. As a listener of my podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com and use code DISASTER. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com and use code DISASTER to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's disaster at Talkspace.com. Jas Martin, the firefighter who arrived at the scene and saved Devin Holmes' life, breaks down and cries. It's clear that he is still haunted emotionally from the event. Cassandra has her hands bagged and is eventually charged for tampering with evidence. The day before... Cadillac Coleman and Devin Holmes seem to have a spat. Coleman wrote, I got one for you, Trick. Holmes responded, Fuck you. Coleman follows up with, I'll smash you, boy. Cadillac Coleman is never charged, despite an online outcry. Devin's mother is less sympathetic than firefighter Chas Martin. She's been quoted as saying, My son is fighting for his life. 
She is walking around free. She washed her hands. You cover up a crime. You don't cover up an accident. As for Devin, he's clearly not, nor likely will ever be, 100%. This is audio from a recent interview with him. This tragedy has sort of kind of made me famous. Well, to me, I always thought I was famous anyway. <laughs> I found that I was on Instagram scrolling and I found it. It doesn't bother me. I've never been one to really be bothered by things. Little things like picking up a pencil with my left hand, it hurts me to see that I can't even do that. Cassandra Damper's charge was recently upgraded to aggravated assault, causing serious bodily injury and tampering with evidence. She has a future court date set for January 31st. It's hard for me to tell if what she did was intentional. I've watched the footage multiple times and can't make up my mind. But to not cop out, if I had to take a stance, I think the shooting was an accident, that she fled and tried to cover up afterwards. Can't imagine the paralyzing fear someone would feel in that moment. And to take a moment to step away from the angry mob I've seen demanding Cassandra's blood, I will say that if it was an accident, then I feel she doesn't deserve intense punishment. Sure, what she did was stupid, but now worth rolling out the electric chair like I've seen so many online comments call for. Now, obviously, my opinion can change. Something can come out during our trial that I wasn't aware of. This is just my thoughts on the information currently available. Online, I found an interesting video. It's Cassandra Damper, as an adult, playing a dulcimer with a teacher named Margaret, who taught Cassandra to play in the third grade. The music this instrument plays is beautiful. I'm going to play a minute or so before moving on. For me, it felt very soul-cleansing after watching the clip and reading about the fallout. altered in a moment. Music really humanizes Cassandra, and, maybe since I'm a sucker for music, makes me question how capable she was committing murder in cold blood. Indicated a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado five miles. 